When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Monday edition of The Yard. It is officially game week. We have had our post, our, our pre-game press conference with Zach Arnett. Also had a chance to talk to six players. Great job by Brandon Langlois of Mississippi State Media Relations for getting us players early in the week. Uh, we'll be back out at campus here in about three hours. So by the time I get the show done and get it up and get it published, got to go back to campus. We'll talk to coordinators. So busy day on Monday, which uh, makes for an easy week the rest of the week because we already have plenty of content to work with. But uh, very appreciative of the opportunity today. So we're going to break some of that down. We're going to talk about our depth chart. We'll do our official preview of Southeastern Louisiana football on Friday. Uh, I'll do my best tomorrow to track down comments <clears throat> about uh, Mississippi State from Coach uh, Selfo. I'm sure we'll find that, and I'll transcribe that. It's a, it's a feature we run weekly during football season on Tuesdays, you know, everything the other coach had to say about your team. So look for that on Tuesday. But it's a busy day over at jeanspage.com. Uh, the Q&A from Zach Arnett's press conference today is already up. He got there precisely at noon today. Precisely. Uh, Dave Murray's already put a notebook together, uh, and the video is up, so you can watch the video for free in its entirety. It's not all cut up and chopped up. You get every minute of everything Zach Arnett had to say uh, for free. Just go to jeanspage.com, click on Arnett Monday Q&A. You can read it. You can watch it, whatever you'd like to do. You can love it, pet it, call it George. Makes no difference to me, but uh, nevertheless, it's good to be in game week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Before you know it, man, you folks are going to be on your way to Starkville. Many of you have probably already started thinking about packing the car. It's too late to get the honeydew stuff together. So you need to start working on your excuses and all that kind of stuff. It's too late. It's it's, it's beyond you now. Uh, We had an opportunity to watch uh, some football on Saturday. Not sure if you guys saw the Hawaii Vandy game. I thought it was pretty entertaining, to be quite honest with you. Uh, Hawaii hung in there for a while, and, of course, they they, they narrow it down to a seven-point uh, lead and then they kick off and Vandy returns it for a touchdown. They fight and 
crash, scratch and claw and get back, have a chance to pull even, throw a pick in the end zone. It goes down to the final drive. Hawaii gets a stop. <clears throat> and then Vandy, uh, Dericky Wright with his second pick of the game. How fun is it to think that we can talk about some footballs now, right? And, and listen, I don't believe in this whole week zero concept. It's so stupid. There is no week zero. It's either week one, week two, whatever. Whatever. Week zero is stupid. But all that said, it was good to watch a little football. The Navy game with uh, Notre Dame over in Ireland was not very entertaining. Uh, you know, Ireland, Scotland, whichever one you want. I think it was Irish. But anyway, uh, all that said, it wasn't good. And uh, our friend Tyler Horka was over there across the pond. How cool is that, man, being able to go over there and cover that game? Once-in-a-lifetime type experience. But um, it gets real this weekend. Got some great games on tap. We'll preview that later in the week. But today it's all about uh, what, what Zach Arnett, Mississippi State, released today. Man, I'm ready. I'm, I'm just simply ready. We've lamented about it all summer. It has been so long since we've had something to unite behind and cheer for. And that's the thing I love about sports. That's what I absolutely love it. It's like for a few hours, you get a group of people together that would ordinarily not congregate, right? Maybe it's because of religious differences, or perhaps it's uh, lifestyle changes or differences or political differences. You get all these people from all walks of life that would never get together under any other circumstances, but because of a school, because of a university that they all hold dear, everybody puts their differences aside. And for a few hours, we all get together. We're all one. It's amazing. I love that about sports. And I remember, I've told you guys before, it's like when, uh, when I, back to your 9-11, right from 9-11, you know, it's like um, I can't remember the ESPN commentator. I can't. You know, it's a former Alabama coach. But uh, anyway, he said he was on the way to the game, and he stopped, um, stopped to get him some peanuts at some little, you know, hole-in-the-wall place. And he had just gotten word that they had uh, canceled the games. And so he mentioned to the proprietor, he said, hey, you know, the, they just – announced they're going to cancel the games, and the guy was really upset. And he goes, the one thing I know for sure is we're going to play high school football here Friday night. And he goes, well, I think that's wonderful, but, you know, why would y'all do that in an awful time of mourning? And he goes, you know, because that's when we huddle as a community. That's when we all get together and see about each other and love on each other and cheer for our kids, and, with, you know, we all unite behind the young people in our community. Sports is a unifier, man. It really is. I mean, you think about it, too. I mean, there's other people like that maybe the rest of your life together, you know, you get along this fine, but all of a sudden, you know, you play their team on a Saturday and you kind of keep them at arm's length for a week, right? Because that friendship kind of takes on a little bit different meaning when you're playing their team. And so I love that about sports. I know you guys do as well. And, and here's the thing, too. Uh, you know, I know there are fans of other SEC schools who listen to this show when they travel. I do interact with them from time to time. I have people that will message me and tell me, hey, Steve, you got this right or you got this absolutely wrong. And I appreciate the feedback. I do. I don't care what your school colors are. I hope you have a great weekend. I, I do. I hope you can get together because of the fact that there's just so much in life that pulls on you and pulls on you, and there's just a never-ending line of people 
that always want a piece of you. Either you got to sign this or read that or look at this or train on this. It's always something. But when we get to college football season, it's like all of a sudden, man, around Friday, around 1 o'clock, you know what I mean? You get back from lunch on Friday, and you're, it's like you're planning your exit strategy. And I, I joke about this because when I was in corporate America, we used to call it Friday-itis because nothing meaningful ever got done after noon on Friday, especially during football season because people are getting off work early and they're making the trip to their college towns, making their arrangements to have, uh, you know, family barbecues or whatever. But the reality of it is, is that there's just so much negativity in life. And sports are supposed to be fun. And it's not just a competition that inspires me. It's the fact that all of you will make a pilgrimage back to Starkville. And some of you can't. I get it. Maybe you live too far away. Maybe finances are an issue. But I know your heart is here. Because you hold this place, this university, this football program, in such high esteem in your life. Like I always talk about when I go to rock concerts, man, it's like, you know, it's a place where I lose myself and I find myself. But there's not a better family reunion that I'll ever attend than a Mississippi State sporting event. Because I'm with my people. And I hope you feel the same way. I mean, how many times, you know, you go to a ball game or whatever, it's a road game or whatever, and you, all of a sudden you see some people wearing maroon and white gear, and you're like, hey, Hell State, that's our people. All of a sudden, you know, we win a big ball game on the road, you're walking down that ramp after the ball game, you're high-fiving people you'll never see again. But in that moment, they're your friends. They're among your closest friends because you helped cheer the Bulldogs to victory. It is amazing. It is the most wonderful thing about sports is that we can get together as a family. And listen, I get it. You know, the, everybody's like, well, it's not really a family with the portal. You know what? We're not going to transfer in and out. You know, I look around this house, man. I got all this Mississippi State memorabilia, and I know my kids will fight over that someday because it means something to us. I'm never leaving. You know, I, I joke with people all the time. I'm in Starkville until she puts me in the nursing home. Right, And if she does, uh, I hope that it is a, a nursing home here in Starkville. But, you know, with her being a registered nurse, I should be okay to stay home, right? But you understand kind of the point that I'm trying to make here. There is nothing better than being here together and watching Mississippi State succeed and knowing you're a part of that. It's amazing. Let's thank our friends at Bulldog Burger Company. Speaking of amazing, right? You want an, an amazing experience? You want an amazing meal with amazing service, an amazing atmosphere with an amazing price? Look no further than Bulldog Burger Company. So many people out there, man, charging you more and giving you less. That's just not the case at Bulldog Burger Company. Those portions are absolutely ridiculous, man. They are absolutely tremendous, to quote Ben Howland. Go by and check them out today. Uh, the thing I love about it, man, there's always something going on. You know, we got tap takeovers and things like that, live music occasionally at Tupelo. But the main reason you go there is that great restaurant-quality hamburger. And you know what? Maybe you say, you know what, Steve, I don't want to eat that heavy for lunch. That's cool, too. You can get that BLT salad. I prefer it grilled. You may like it fried. Maybe you need those Sloppy Joe sliders in your life. That's really cool, too, in those Hawaiian buns. It's a great contrast in taste. 
Have the spring rolls as your appetizer. They'll make you and everybody around you better looking. Get that chocolate shake to go. It's quite the experience. Like there's some places you just go to eat. You go to Bulldog Burger Company to dine, right? You go to have an adult beverage. You go to enjoy celebrating a family accomplishment or bringing the kids out for straight A's or kids get done with the ball game and you say, hey, mom, where do you want to take the kids? And the kids, oh, Bulldog Burger. That's what you do. It is the ball game. It is the winning ball game eatery of choice. You know it is. Mom, you know I'm telling you the truth. I got some friends of mine that will tell you. Anytime they ask your kids, hey, where do you want to go eat? It's Bulldog Burger. Yeah, it is. Go check them out today. Three great locations to serve you. University Drive here in Stark Vegas. Gloucester Street, Tupelo, Lake Harbor Drive in the Ridge and Flowwood area. Man, I love Bulldog Burger Company. I do. And I love them before they love me. Yeah, it's true. But you go by and check them out. Fall in love yourself. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right. Let's talk a little bit about what Zach Arnett had to say. Let's talk really, I guess first let's talk about what he didn't say. No injury report today. And it's interesting nobody even asked. And that's on me too. Not that I expected to know anything, but uh, he didn't volunteer any information. And nobody asked him. So as the media, maybe we didn't do our job today in that respect. I'll Listen, I can ask questions too, and I did. So it's on me, just as it is everybody else. Nobody asked, and maybe it's because we've been conditioned over the course of the last three years to never ask about injuries. You know, when Dan was here, he was kind of hit or miss with all that, and Joe was always like, oh, he's got an upper body, a lower body, whatever. Uh, questionable, probable, doubtful out you know uh, again I say there sometimes too I don't think we need to know but we still got to ask the question so we didn't get an injury report not that I expected to get one but we didn't get an injury report too and um, you know he spoke in his opening statement it's like it's just time in camp now we're ready to go play somebody else we're ready to go hit somebody for real right and if you've ever been a part of a sports team at any level and you practice and you practice and you practice and you practice and you learn a lot about your team. You can correct some mistakes. But the biggest lesson you ever learn is going and playing an opponent. Because then you see where you're deficient. Then you see how people are going to attack you offensively and defensively. Doesn't matter what sport it is. Until you get out there and truly compete, you don't really know what you have. And I think that's where we are now. You know, the competitive bloodlust is really starting to flow, right? we got to get out there and get, get after it. And um, that's, you know, what Zach said, quote, it's game week. That should help improve our practice efforts. We want to say thank you to the fan base. The season tickets being sold out will be a heck of an environment around here come Saturday. It definitely has the players excited. You want to play in front of a packed house. End quote. Absolutely true. You want to play games that matter in front of people that it matters to. I mean, I, I think about, you know, I hate, to, I always bring up baseball stuff, but you can almost bring up the Vandy football thing, right? So think about what you saw Saturday evening. Yes, there was some weather. Yes, yes. But, man, there was nobody at that game. And you say, Steve, it's Vanderbilt. Yeah, it's true. It is Vanderbilt. And, you know, when we played there last time, we took over the stadium. There were more Mississippi State fans than there were Vandy fans. But do you think those kids were jacked to play? I mean, yeah, you may be, okay, hey, I'm going to go play for my brothers. We've been 
ready to go out here and get a W, and you play for your coaches, and you run out of that tunnel, and there's construction, and you got a, a scoreboard hanging from a crane out there, and there's 10,000 people. You can't sit here and tell me that game matters to those fans. It doesn't. It doesn't matter to those fans. And some would say, well, you know, there's so much competition for your entertainment dollar in Nashville. Yeah, maybe true, but you didn't go to the University of the Titans. You didn't go to the Grand Ole Opry for your graduate degree. You went to Vanderbilt. You don't have some level of emotional connection to that. And so I think about what our players are going to see Saturday. And listen, I get it. Some people are like, well, it's dove season. And I think I saw the numbers today. There's 86 days to dove hunt. There are eight days to watch Mississippi State play football at Davis Wade Stadium. So I'm going to ask you, let's not go dove hunting in lieu of the game. Maybe you can go in the morning, then come to that afternoon game. And I don't know, maybe I don't know how you feel about Sunday hunting. Maybe you can go hunting on Sunday. I know my grandmother from Ellisville, Mississippi, would never have heard of that sort of thing. You didn't do that. You honored the Sabbath. You didn't go fishing or hunting on Sundays. But the reality of it is, is we need to have a packed house. We need our players to know that it matters to us, that they are worth the effort for us to pack the car, deal with some parking issues. Reminder, Bailey Howell Drive is a one-lane thoroughfare now. I guess it's technically two lanes, one lane east, one lane west. My point being is that uh, you need to be prepared that things have changed a little bit since the last time you were here. Zach, also very complimentary of southeastern Louisiana. Listen, some of this is coach speak. I'm not being negative about Zach, but you, know, you, you wouldn't expect him to get up there and talk poorly of the Lions. Hey, we're, quote, we're facing a quality opponent, a challenge for us. Their coaching staff has done a heck of a job coming off a conference championship. They were co-champs last year and beat the team they tied with. They're extremely dynamic on offense. You put up a lot of points on everybody. Very sound on defense. You earn everything you get. I shared that with the players Saturday. We'll have our hands full and play a full 60 minutes. Uh, I hope not. I hope we play a full 35 minutes and then we're able to put the uh, the second and third team guys in, let them get some reps and also save some wear and tear on our players for next weekend's game against Arizona. You never want to go into any game thinking that, but if there ever is an opportunity to do that, it's against an FCS opponent. And I kind of like the fact that we're playing them first. Not that I ever expect to to lose to an FCS team, but it's happened. But you get them first. I mean, the season opener, you're going to be jacked regardless. You get that FCS game later in the year, you almost just kind of, you know, kind of ho-hum it a little bit. You know, Southeastern will get our best effort. And listen, certainly we should, you know, we should be able to beat them without without a lot of uh, drama and hope that we do. But listen, we're Mississippi State fans. We understand you can't take anything for granted. You can't. And I, I'm glad that Zach and those guys are taking this approach. You respect the opponent. And then you get out there on the field and you kind of play with some disrespect, right, because you want to make them respect you. All right, Bulldog fans, our friends from Tecovis want to remind you that uh, it's festival season, it's concert season, it's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. 
Optocovis boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort, so no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tecovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to Tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y.com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. you got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You get keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You get fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. Got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight, camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient. It's safe. It's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y, official.com, forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy, E-U-F-Y. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. 
Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. But uh, it's a different deal, right? It is. I asked him about, hey, how's it different for you to score around? I mean, you've played you know, season openers as a player. You've played as a GA, as a coordinator. You know, how's it like being a head coach, you know? And, yes, they had the bowl game. It's a little bit different this time, though. You go through camp and, you know, Zach says, quote, there are more things I'm responsible for managing. First press conference, oversee the practice schedule, get enough reps, but not too much. It's a balancing act. You have to give uh, – I'll have to give you the second part of that answer next week. It's true. It's a new experience for him. And it's probably a good thing we're not playing a Florida State or an LSU in week one. you got to figure some things out. You know, and, and uh, obviously we have a, uh, an experienced team – and the truth of the matter is, with the leadership that we have on this team, and we do have some good leaders, honestly, Zach shouldn't have to say anything. There shouldn't have to be some big rah-rah speech. There shouldn't have to be one of these, hey, you know, listen, you better go out there and bring your best effort. We've got a veteran team that understands what it takes. It is difficult to win an intercollegiate college football game. It is. No matter what level you're playing. I mean, you got, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts to this thing, right? You can't just show up and out-athlete people. And it's not like we're playing a team that was bad. I mean, this is a team that's got a culture of winning. You know, and they, they're going to see this as an opportunity. You know, we're going to be able to go out there and punch them in the mouth, you know. They got a veteran quarterback, too. I just don't know that he has seen, uh, you know, quarterback pressures and fires – like he's going to see on Saturday. Probably not real familiar, you know, with the angles and the twists and the shifts and all the motion we do on defense. It's, it's a lot to prepare for. Uh, so we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, I asked him about, um, you know, who do you talk to? Now, who do you confide in? I mean, this year, first year coach, and here's the thing about Zach Arnett. Zach Arnett, while he has an ego, all head coaches do, all winners do. But he's not so egotistical, he's not willing to reach out to people. Now, he didn't give him any names, but I asked him, you know, who do you kind of lean on? You know, when it's time to like kind of talk through these things, who do you and you know Rocky Long is one of them. You know that. Even though he didn't name him, but you know it. And uh, I thought Zach's answer was really good though. He leans on the staff here. There's over 100 years of experience on the current staff. There's quite a few former head coaches, Joey Jones, Steve Campbell, and he mentions later Tony Hughes as well. They work in our building. They have quite a bit of head coaching experience. I don't need to call a bunch of people around the country. But there are some people he talks to. But the one thing that I've learned about leadership is uh, the best leaders – Use every resource available to them. And Zach Arnett is intelligent enough to do that. You don't think he's been on the phone? I mean, Zach's a guy that's obsessed with winning. You don't think Zach has been on the phone with coaches that have played against Southeastern and against Coach Selfo to say, hey, what do they like to run here? What did you guys pick up against them? You know, we can watch our own film. But, you know, when you talk to people within their conference – that know them regularly, that play them year in and year out, they're going to know personnel better than you are. There's only so many things you can see on film. 
But it's like, hey, we targeted this kid because of this. You know, those things are important. If you don't think Zach Arnett's made those calls, he absolutely has. He has. And I think it's important to understand and listen. And you say, Steve, it's just Southeastern. It, it's bigger than that. It's not about the opponent. It's, it's respecting the game. It's not just about respecting the competitor. It's respecting the competition. You want to go out there and prepare, no matter who you're playing. I mean, the last thing we want is to lose to southeastern Louisiana. Right? I mean, remember, I wrote about this today when I wrote about an article called The Last Meeting between Mississippi State and Southeastern. You remember how you felt heading into that 2008 season? You remember that? You look back at that and say, man, Steve, we went 4-8. and eight. We got beat 45 nothing in the Egg Bowl. We did. Did you expect that week one? You didn't. I know. I was here. 2007, of course, we get our first bowl game since 2000. We get a 7-5 and five regular season, and we win the uh, Liberty Bowl over Conference USA champion Central Florida. It's a really good G5 team. Derek Pegues, your most outstanding player. Booby Dixon with a game-winning touchdown. But going into 08 with what we had coming back, we said, you know what, we ought to be pretty good. And then we dropped that first game, Louisiana Tech. We had five turnovers in that game. We get up 14-3. to And remember, we had uh, Derek Pegues suspended for the game, and Jamel Smith had to field punts, and we muff a couple of them. Threw three interceptions. And we lose the ball game 22 to 14. Again, get out to a 14-3 lead with a few minutes to go in the second quarter. We don't score again the rest of the game. Bring in Tyson Lee in the fourth quarter trying to jumpstart the offense. Didn't happen. Then we played southeastern Louisiana. And we out-athleted them. We beat them, right? We did. We still turned the ball over three times. It was sloppy. We won 34-10. The game was never really in doubt. They get up 3-0, of course. We discussed that before. But the reality of it is, is I, I don't care what year it is. I don't care what you got coming back. Anything can happen. Anything. Because, again, yeah, listen, I don't even remember when we were picked in 2008. But we certainly underachieved that year. I think we'd all agree. You remember how special the 2010 football season was for us? Dan Mullen's second year. Remember that? We went 9-4, and four, won the Gator Bowl. Beat Florida on the road that year. Won the Egg Bowl again for second consecutive year. It was great. Like, hey, we're going to contend for the West in 11. We went 6-6. Six and six. Went 2-6 and six within the league. And needed to win the Music City Bowl against Wake Forest to achieve a winning record. There's a reason we play the games. Remember the 2013 year, there were a lot of people on the Ole Miss side of the rivalry, and even some of our own fans that felt like Dan Mullen was playing for his job. Said, oh, you know what? We're not going to get anywhere with this guy, man. You know, you lose the 2012 uh, Gator Bowl against Northwestern, and then you have a 6-6 six and six regular season in 13. Let's, let's not forget the fact we had three ACL tears in week one against Oklahoma State. And some kid named Prescott ended up being a quarterback for us. Yeah. We had to piece this thing together. Had three different starting quarterbacks that year. And then we went out there and Dak was at 
you know, his full capacity in that ball game against Rice. We went 44 to 7. So we felt like something special was happening going into 14. And again, I go back to that whole Alan McKean thing, right? And I remember it. You know, we go 8 and 5 and 12. Still felt like it was an underachieving year because, of course, that's the year we got off such a great start and kind of faded down the stretch. You lose the egg ball, lose bowl game. So you enter 13 thinking, you know what, he's got to get this thing figured out. We figured it out in 14. And, again, there's a reason you play the games. There's only so much you can do media relations-wise. You know, the media relations release cannot help you on third and long. And there's so many people out here that work overtime to promote their program. And there's so much false confidence associated with that. I'll be honest with you, like a couple people, I guess Steph today from the Clarion Ledger asked uh, a couple different players and Coach Arnett, you know, about expectations. You know, and Zach's like, I don't really keep up with that. You know, all we can do is control what we can control. But some of the players are, yeah, we're aware of that. Yeah, we know. We know. And, yeah, we use it as motivation. You know, you'd like to say, well, they need to be able to shut out the noise. I I tend to disagree. I think it's better to ignore your press clippings when people are praising you. But when people are doubting you, and if you're a competitor, I think you want to know that stuff. I think you want to hear about it. It's like, oh, yeah. If I was coaching a team, that's what I would tell them. I remember years ago. When I was coaching high school baseball, we played a very challenging non-district schedule. And our rival high school, Tara, basically played the Louisiana School of Math and Science, or their equivalent, every game in a non-district. And so they were, like, ranked. They got ready to play us first round of district play. We 10-run ruled them both games because they had this measure of false confidence. Our kids are battle-tested, and that's what I think about this group here. I'd rather be the team that's been beaten up a little bit in media, you know, because I, I can promise you, before we got ready to play Terra High School, the Baton Rouge Advocate ran a story kind of about the resurgence of Terra High School, and I knew the teams they played were trash, all due respect. I pinned that up on our locker room, and I made sure everyone of those kids saw it. I read it to them at practice because I knew, I knew what kind of team I had. And I think Zach Arnett's kind of in the same deal. It's like we know who we are. We don't need the validation of the media to make us feel any better or worse about who we are than we do. We know our identity. We know the work that we've put in. We have confidence in our players and our schemes. And now we're ready to go prove it. And my hope is, is that we have the season that we all expect. And I think some of these preseason prognostications, I think you ought to maybe have to go pee in a cup. Because some of the stuff that I've seen out there, I've seen one guy had us four and eight and losing every SEC game. Right? You've seen it. But I hope you're saving receipts. Because every time that we win a big ball game, I hope that you retweet all that stuff and tag them in the tweets and say, but Steve, you know, everybody, it's just a list. You know, I made a list too. I did. And I went through every game and I was painstaking about it. My list may be right, their list may be right, but the reality of it is this. It's what we talked about being a family. Mississippi State deserves your loyalty and deserves your praise. They deserve your belief. I'm not saying let's go out there and put a T-shirt on the Bear Bryant statue. 
right? We don't need to do that. But the reality of it is, is it's okay to believe. It's okay to think, you know what, hey, this team is capable of some good things. Because they are. We got one of the most veteran lineups in the country. We're going to talk a little bit about that too deep here uh, a little bit later in the show. Look at, see officially who won some of these battles. And, of course, that will continue through practice, as Arnett says today. I can't have a guy go have a bad week of practice and put him out there and expect him to start. That's part of the deal. But it's okay to believe. Like sometimes people forecast failure because they want to look cool to their old mess friends or whatever. It's like, well, you know, I've said all along, dude, we're not going to be very good. Well, you know, what's the fun in that? Why do we need their approval anyway? You think they're going to return the favor? I mean, it's like all this self-loathing stuff. It's like, well, I know what these other people are saying, but... Man, life is too difficult as it is without just constantly being down on your team. And so let's enjoy the journey together. Let's get ready for a big win this weekend. And it's a big win because it's the first win. And hopefully we can get out of there healthy and get ready for the next win. And we'll build upon that and get ready to get into SEC play. It's going to be an exciting season. And provided we stay healthy, I think it's going to be a good season. But it's okay to believe. There's nothing cool about being the fly in the ointment. Nobody likes that guy. And I don't know why so many people aspire to be that guy. Well, I told you. I got some friends like that. They will badmouth us at every turn just so they can lay the groundwork to come back later and say, I told you so. It's like, well, it's, it's a coping mechanism. So if we win, they're happy. If we lose, they're happy. So they can say, I told you so. It's just a terrible way to go through life. They don't call me Rose Bowl for nothing, right? The reality of it is I believe in Mississippi State, and I am for everybody else that is for Mississippi State. And so come Saturday, no matter what you think about the season, I know the reality of it is this. I know we all want the same thing, and that's for State to win and win big. That's what we want. We may not always articulate it in the same way, and maybe we're kind of these people, too, that you know, we're just kind of half-measured in our, in our faith. In our hearts, we're thinking, oh, my gosh, please, let's win this ballgame. Yeah, I, I just tell you this. We got a great coach. The guy's a winner. He's won at every level and everything he's ever done. Winners win. Winners find a way to win. And he's gone out and surrounded himself with winners. You know, he's not the only mule pulling the cart. Now it's time for us to do our part. All right, it's time for today's top 10 list. As always, brought to you by CloseWithBlair.com. That's C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B-L-A-I-R.com. Blair Chandler is your solution to your mortgage problems. There's nobody out there that's better equipped to deal with whatever challenges you may have. Reach out to Blair at his phone number, 601-500-2344. Again, that's 601-500-2344. Uh, there are a lot of people out there that say, you know what, Steve, I've always wanted to buy a home. I want to be able to play so we can put some roots down, a place that my kids can always come back to. It's such a wonderful thing to be able to do that. There's some people that are like, you know what, Steve, I like to move a lot. I, I don't. I don't. And maybe it's time for you to put some roots down. 
And you know, maybe you don't plan to play stay at your 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 current place long term, but rather than throw your money away at rent, let's build some equity. Reach out to Blair too to find more about this new program in the state of Mississippi where an 18-year-old can uh, sign for a mortgage provided they have an adult co-signer. And maybe that's an opportunity for you to help your young person build some credit or perhaps put some roots down themselves. Blair has all the details. 22 years of experience in this industry, top 1% close ratio in the country, back-to-back-to-back years. Nobody doing it better than Blair Chandler at CloseWithBlair.com. All right, so top 10 list. Uh, lots and lots of feedback about um, Dana doing top 10 on Friday. And, and uh, I think some of you may like her better than me. And no no problem with that. I do too. But uh, I thought she did a great job. And uh, I, I did not give her any direction other than, hey, put your top 10 together and do a little research. Make sure it speaks to who you are and then send Roy your list. I didn't get to see the list ahead of time. Uh, but I'm not going to lie, man, she was a little bit emotional afterwards. And uh, a lot of it's because so much of that was about us, you know. And uh, being apart the last year has been tough. It has been. And, uh, of course, it's about to end, thank goodness. About four weeks from the day, as a matter of fact. Close to that. But uh, she had a good time with it. And you guys have been incredibly kind. I have shared some of your messages with her. Uh, some people have sent some really nice ones and said, hey, Steve, I thought she did great. like to hear her on the show more. And I don't know that I want to tell her that, you know. Uh, this is kind of my thing. But, uh, yeah, she'll be around every once in a while. And there's some bands that I don't really care for that she does. And so when that's the case, I'll let her jump on. And she's even going to do some Facebook Live stuff with me. Yeah, how about that? And uh, we're going to get back into that this week. And so that's important to understand, too. You know, kind of getting back in the flow of all of that. So we're going to get – it was fun. It was. It was interesting, too, because, again, I'm not a Theory of a Dead Man fan. I like some of their stuff. I just, I don't know. It's not my thing. Some of it is kind of sophomoric for me, and uh, I don't know. I just don't really care for it. But uh, I'll tell you that her honorable mention song, Wait For Me, I'd never heard that song before in my life that I remember, and I've listened to it every single day that she's been gone. And uh, I love it. And uh, my wife is not a person that uh, wears her emotions on her sleeve like I do. Maybe that's one of the reasons that it works. But uh, after it was over with, she wanted to go play that song for me. And uh, it was great. I listened to it every day. Wrote some, if you follow me on Facebook, I wrote some randoms about that song yesterday. I put that song on, and a lot of people think I'm titling the randoms. But it's really the song that I listen to on repeat while I'm writing the randoms. And if you don't know what the randoms are, it's kind of like random thoughts about life and recovery and about love and that kind of stuff. And it's on, on Facebook for free. And uh, I can't accept any more friend requests, but you're welcome to follow me. But all that said, uh, I love that woman and uh, very, very appreciative for her contributions. And again, so many people reached out to encourage her and say, hey, Steve, uh, she did a great job. But uh, yeah, she wants to do her own list. She's doing her own show, right? No, seriously, we'll, we'll have her back at some point. But today you got me, your good friend and host. Today's top 10 list, Roy says we've never done Maroon 5. I don't know that I agree with that. I think we have, but Roy says, nope, we haven't. So I'm going to go with Roy, and we're going to do Maroon 5, which is, I guess, any band named Maroon is good on game week. All right, number 10, I absolutely love this song, and it's number 10. He said, but Steve, if you love it, why is it 10? It's because this band has so many hits, but it's a great song, Maps. I love it, and I love the falsetto of Adam Levine. 
you know, he's the preppy guy with all the tattoos, and, you know, he gets up there and goes shirtless and that kind of stuff. I know you ladies love that. I know you do. There's a double standard. It's going gonna, it's gonna, gonna to say it. It's a double standard. Uh, but nevertheless, Maps, a great track. I love it, man. Number nine, Sugar. I know some of you guys, you think that's that may be your favorite one. It's a big hit, and it was a huge hit for them. It's just not, it doesn't resonate with me like some of the other ones did. Right? And, of course, it's, I don't know if you know this. This band was originally called Kara's Flowers. They were a high school band out of L.A., and then when they added their fifth member, they changed the name to Maroon 5. Maybe you didn't know that. We actually recorded two albums under the name uh, Kara's Angels. How about that? All right, number eight, a song that uh, features uh, Christina Aguilera, who in many respects was kind of, um, I don't know, kind of overshadowed by Britney Spears, even though she is more talented. And I would venture to say, more beautiful, to be honest with you. And, uh, of course, they teamed up. You know, I guess it was America's Got Talent or American Idol or whatever, whatever, one of those vocal shows, whatever. And then she got on, jumped on the song, Moves Like Jagger. Great, great, great song. Number seven, I love this one. This is off uh, the album V. I think this may be Ian's favorite Maroon 5 song. I think, I think it is. But it's animals. Number seven is animals. Number six, if you got good friends, this song probably means a little bit more to you, especially if you're uh, college folks getting out there, hanging out in the Cotton District, and you know maybe you get separated, and it's nice to know that your friends won't go home without you. That's number six, won't go home without you. Number six. I've been in those situations before, you know, especially when I used to travel out of state. Like, you lose track of your friends. You're like, what? How, what? It wasn't like, like you kids of the day, because you know, I'm from the 1900s, right? We didn't have cell phones. And, and, and my agent always reminds me when I say that, well, see, we did. And I actually did have a bag phone in the late 90s, I guess maybe 95, 96, where they gave you like 30 minutes of calling for a month for like $7,000. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But it isn't like it is today where we have smartphones and you can pinpoint your location and you can send text messaging and you can track people. Not that we ever would because we're not stalkers, but you understand what I mean. You can get on that, uh, I don't know, LifeLock 360 and kind of keep up with everybody. So it was more difficult for us to keep up with each other during the bar scene back in the 90s. Because we used to get inebriated too. Yeah, your good friend and host, of course, uh, been retired since 91. But uh, there was nothing like getting to New Orleans and then losing your friends on a busy Bourbon Street. I don't know that today's youth could uh, survive under those circumstances. Just call it for what it is. All right, number uh, five. Dig this one, too. Again, this is that great falsetto from Adam Levine. Uh, I'm at a pay phone and trying to get home. Kind of goes hand in hand with what we're just talking about. This is a great track, too. Uh, probably should have been a bigger hit. Even though it was a big hit for them, I think it probably should have been even bigger. Number four, uh, one of the, uh, this is one of those songs too that had a radio edit version and the album version because there's a little profanity in it. But I absolutely love the throwback vibe in this track. It's really kind of got a 70s guitar riff in it. The toning sounds a lot like the 70s, as does the, um, 
it's almost like a disco beat in many respects, but it's a great track called Makes Me Wonder because it really makes me wonder how I ever gave a blank about you. But you know, I love you. I'm just saying this lyrics to a song, don't get a complex. I do love you. I don't have to wonder about it, and I know you love me too. Number three, speaking of loving, one of the first big hits for this band, it's like all of a sudden, uh, this is one of those songs where you kind of knew these guys weren't going to be a one-hit wonder. There was going to be something to them. It's This Love. And it's a very relatable song. This love has taken a toll on me. You know, she said goodbye many times before, right? That's, we've all been there. We have been. And I think that's one of the reasons that Maroon 5 has been so successful. It's not just because Adam Levine's such a great songwriter and performer. And in the eyes of many people, a sex symbol, this guy writes very relatable music. There's a reason they're a pop rock icon in many respects for this generation. It's because they write songs that people can see their own lives in. Number two, and uh, it's kind of a, kind of a, you know, I don't know. A lot of people use this for their uh, their wedding song or their their father daughter dance at a wedding. And uh, there's some sad elements to this song. But it's uh, She Will Be Loved, number two, on your top ten list today. I like the song, and it's a little different from everything else in the catalog. I like the up-tempo stuff a little bit better. But I know that uh, women like the love songs. I know. I know. The woman that, uh, that I live with uh, and love and share a mailbox and a life with, she likes the love songs too. Don't, don't let her suggest that she doesn't, because like when you get around her, she'll be like, uh, she wants to rock, and she does, but she does like uh, the ballads, too. She does. But she's also, the, you know, she was uh, down front, first row, Pearl Jam, Urge Overkill on the uh, on the Five Against One tour. On the Versus album, remember that? Yeah, we were down in New Orleans, front row, front row with Urge Overkill and Pearl Jam. Yeah, it's true. She went to go see Soundgarden with me in the Super Unknown tour, and she was pregnant. We couldn't get on the floor because she was pregnant. So we sat up. First time in my life, I went to a rock concert and sat in the bleachers. And uh, that was the band called UMI, Reverend Horton Heat and Soundgarden. And uh, from that moment forward, I knew that Chris Cornell was my spirit animal. It's true. But that's who she is. But she loves, uh, she loves to love song stuff, too. And then what girl does it, right? To have some guy who kind of be, uh, you know, honest and open and vulnerable about their feelings. And that's one of the things we, we do these little card thing. You, maybe you know about the little relationship cards where you're driving down the road and you ask each other questions. And one thing that she told me that she loves the most about us is that I am so public about my love for her. Why wouldn't I be public about it, right? But number one, the song that started it for me from the very first time I heard this song, it was on Sirius XM, I think, I think. And I rewound it to hear it again. And I was like, you know what? I don't know what's going on with this band, but I kind of dig this. And I, I said back then, I remember I was in the Jeans Page chat room, and I said, you know what? I don't know why somebody at Mississippi State hasn't booked this new band, Maroon 5, and had them come play at the hump or something. But it's a great track, Harder to Breathe. Absolutely love it. That's a song that started it for me and for really all of you in many respects off the first album. Maroon 5, but it's harder to breathe. Absolutely amazing song. I like the stuff that's got a little edge to it, a little bit more. 
but I do appreciate and respect the fact that Adam Levine and those guys uh, still releasing music, man. I don't know if you, uh, maybe you're an old timer. Maybe you're a person that has been, uh, I don't know. Maybe you, uh, you look at all this and you think, you know what, Steve, uh, they were a great band when I was in uh, college. You know, I've kind of moved on from that. Maybe it's time to reminisce a little bit. Maybe get caught up to date. Maroon 5 has a brand new single. We always like to promote that on the show, too. Uh, a song that came out earlier this month, just 17 days ago, called Middle Ground. A single from Maroon 5 called Middle Ground. Be sure and check that out. And maybe get back in the uh, Maroon 5 bandwagon. If you have ideas for the top 10 list, reach out, let us know. You can find me on all forms of social media, at ScoutSteveR. And, of course, Roy is on Twitter and Spotify under Dogmatic67. That's D-A-W-G-M-A-T-I-C-6-7, Dogmatic67. You can find our great list over there. So appreciative of Roy. So dependable, man. I mean, you know, it's like he just does it because he's a fan of the show and fan of music. And uh, Roy has kind of built his own following. It's so funny. It was uh, one of – we were – I guess we were in Dallas and uh, for baseball. And some lady walked up and somehow made the connection with Roy. And she wanted a picture made with Roy and said, oh, you're famous. Now, I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm glad that Roy is getting some measure of notoriety from all this. So Roy is my friend, and I appreciate his contributions to our show and his service to all of you, our Boneyard listeners. All right, next segment of the show is always brought to you by Campus Bookmart, a Stark Billion institution. Uh, you'll be in town soon, so go by and check out the uh, latest in maroon and white fashions. You can get your interlocking MSU gear directly from Campus Bookmart. That was the home of the official university unveiling of this year's Vintage Fault logo, the very, very popular interlocking MSU. We've already dropped some serious coin, haven't we not, Bulldogs? Yeah, it's true. We like it. Go by and check out what they have. I can promise you anything that uh, can be purchased will be purchased this weekend. Make Campus Bookmark part of your game day festivities. If you can't make it to town, visit them on the World Wide Web, courtesy of Al Gore's Internet, at campusbookmark.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. It's BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. That gets you free shipping on all orders over 75 bucks, any order less than 75 bucks, absolutely incomplete. Again, that's campusbookmart.net, promo code BSR. All right, let's take a look at its depth chart. Now, a couple things I'll tell you about this depth chart. It is, uh, it's going to change week to week, and it's really kind of for entertainment purposes only. We're going to play a lot of people this weekend, hopefully. But here is how it looks today. Your left tackle battle heading into Saturday appears to have been won by Dollar Bill Johnson. Percy Lewis running second team. Those two competed very hard for that position. Both will play, but look for Dollar Bill to get the starter reps this weekend. Left guard, Nick Jones. Nick Cape will play in left tackle or left guard. His backup, Albert Reese. Reese last year worked some at right tackle, but uh, Albert Reese... Another guy we expect big things from. Cole Smith will be your center. His reserve, Cannon Boone. Redshirt sophomore, Cannon Boone out of Texas. Right guard, no surprise here, Stephen Lasoya, a redshirt senior. Grant Jackson and Jackson LeHue backing him up. 
Uh, right tackle, no surprise here. Cam Jones wins Leon Bell. A uh, late arrival to campus. Uh, one of the last guys to get to campus, Leon Bell, has earned the right tackle spot. He, of course, a junior college transfer. So looking across your, your offensive line here, you're going to start senior, 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 redshirt senior, senior. Three of your starting five offensive linemen are grad guys that already had their degree. They're taking advantage of a COVID year. So a lot of experience up front with this group. A lot of SEC snaps under their belt. Of course, senior, Will Rogers, there's some discussion he may return next year. I don't expect it at this point, but we'll see how things go. Mike Wright, listed as a senior, is his backup. Mike Wright actually has uh, another year of eligibility left, should he like to use it. Running back, senior, Woody Marks. Of course, uh, Woody showed up in 2020. So I think Woody's going to have a good enough year to go pro, but he also has the ability to come back. Backing him up, Seth Davis or Simeon Price. How about that? The true frosh, Seth Davis, earning a spot on the two deep. And I, th- I think you'll see five running backs play. Interesting that uh, Trevon Lee, Jeff Pittman, both of those guys uh, a little more experienced, a little farther down the depth chart. Set to start, Justin Robinson. We'll see how much he plays. He's had a little bit of a soft angle injury there. He's a junior. He's a guy that would love to be able to come out this year. His backup is redshirt senior Freddie Roberson. Tulu Griffin, a senior in the classroom, your H receiver. His immediate reserve, Creed Whittemore, and just behind him is Antonio Harmon, a guy that's worked some at inside receiver and at tight end. Xavier Thomas, sophomore. Backing him up is senior Jaden Wally and then redshirt sophomore Jordan Mosley. Tight end, grad transfer Rylan Godet. His reserve, listed as an or, Jaquarius Spivey and then Malik Ellis, a freshman. So when you begin to think about this offense and you begin to run this thing down over and over and over again, it kind of, again, shows you exactly what we've been telling you all year. Nine of 11 players in your starting 11 on offense are seniors or grads. That's a lot of experience on an offense. And if you're going to implement a new system, having that level of experience is probably a really good thing. So just let that sink in for a second. Nine of 11 starters. And then Zayon Thomas, of course, a sophomore, his backup, a senior, right? <laughs> And then you begin to look back here, you know, Justin Robinson, his backup is a redshirt senior. You could conceivably see a situation where you have 11 seniors on the field at one time offensively. Yeah. Yeah, wonder how many people in the SEC media know that. Wonder how many people took the time to read that. I suspect not many. Defensively, winning the job over Jordan Davis, who is a grad, and Deontay Anderson, a sophomore, is senior, DeMonte Russell. DeMonte also has a year of eligibility left, should he like to use it. Nathan Pickering, your nose guard, senior. His reserve, redshirt freshman Calvin Dinkins, and people continue to tell me that's the next great one. Defensive tackle, 
Another grad, Jaden Cromedy. So your front, going to be seniors, all three of them. The reserve for uh, Cromedy is Trevion Williams. Another guy we expect big things from. Sam Linebacker winning the job, interestingly enough. You had John Lewis, J.P. Purvis, and Deshaun Page. Deshaun Page wins. Senior. Mike Linebacker. Bookie Watson, no surprise there. Another graduate. His reserve, Nick Mitchell. Sophomore. Will Linebacker is Jed Johnson, grad transfer, and his backup, true freshman, Zachary Tillman. So in this front six, all seniors on the start. The Cameron Richardson, a senior in the classroom, though he does have a year of eligibility left. No surprise that he wins a starting job. His backup is freshman Bryce Pollock, a guy that Darcel McBath expects a lot of things from. A uh, senior safety, Sean Preston, holds off Isaac Smith, who we do expect to play a lot this year. The other safety position is uh, Hunter Washington, who edged out Jacoby Albert. Redshirt sophomore there. Marcus Banks, Speedy Banks, senior. Beats out Corey Ellington and Jordan Morant, both juniors. And then your other cornerback spot is going to be a senior either way. Asias Furge edges out to Carlos Nicholson. So, again, running these numbers here too. How many seniors do you have? Well, it's 10 of 11. 10 of 11. On the starting defense, first-team defense, are seniors or grads. The lone exception is Hunter Washington, who beat out Jacoby Albert. You're only, all, the only underclassman in the starting defense. So you can do the math there. 19 of 22 starters, seniors. Old wins in college football. Old wins in college baseball. You want to put your best players on the field, and certainly it's a good thing that your better players are your seniors. But, you know, we're not opposed to playing young guys because, you know, hey, you look Creed Whittemores on the two deep. Zakari Tillman, of course, on the two deep. Bryce Pollock on the two deep. You know, you got some, some true freshmen here they are going to get some reps this year. But you're going to trot out one of the most experienced teams in the country. Not just in the SEC, but in the country. Uh, place kicker, uh, Kyle Ferry, a true freshman, shared on social media several days ago. Uh, Nick Barmira is a little bit banged up right now. He's missed some time in camp. You know, Nick, of course, a senior. We'll see how Kyle does. Uh, your holder, Andrew Osteen, grad. His reserve is Keelan Crummings, a freshman. He'll also be your punter. Kickoff specialist is Marlon Hawk, a redshirt freshman. Nick Barmira, of course, uh, there along with Kyle Ferry. The punter, freshman Keelan Crimmings. Long snapper Hayes Hammond out of Tupelo. And then Tulu Griffin and Xavier Thomas, your All-American kick returner and punt returner. And uh, both of those guys will, uh, will handle some kicks. And so when you run through this, you begin to look at this again. Now you see it in black and white. You know, it's no longer about projection. It's official. This is your team. These are the guys you should expect to go out there and make plays for you. Now, <clears throat> there's some guys down the depth chart 
Gonna play a lot this weekend, or hopefully play a lot in that second half. You know, you'd like to play 35 minutes of good football with your starters and then kind of turn it over and let the young kids play. Save some wear and tear for next week. But I wonder how many people in the SEC media considered this possibility when they made their votes. 19 of 22 starters are seniors. And what's interesting, too, you kind of work your way through this, too. You know, these guys have been here. It's not like you went out and brought in a transfer that earned a starting spot with the exception of Rylan Goday in a position group that no longer that didn't exist previously. So 21 of 22 starters are returning players. How many people in the SEC media considered that? I would submit none outside of the Mississippi State bubble. And so, when I, again, I think about, you know, all these prognostications and things of that nature, it's like, well, it's Mississippi State. How good can they be? Well, you know, I don't know how we're good, good we're going to be next year, you know, because we're going to have to probably hit the portal in the JUCO ranks really hard because we're going to lose a lot of these guys. And, yes, you heard me run it down. Several of these guys have a year of eligibility remaining, but there are some, of course, that can't elected to come back rather than go pro. They're going to play a lot of snaps for you. I mean, how many teams right now, think about this for a second. If Jaden Cromedy had gone pro, would you have been able to find a defensive end as productive as him in the transfer portal? I'd venture to say no. If you had, it'd have been big news. The SEC media would have been all over that. If Buki Watson and Jed Johnson had gone pro, and you'd gone in the portal, you wouldn't have been able to find anything comparable to those guys. And that would be the headline. It's right, oh, you know, Mississippi State's going to take a step back defensively because Buki Watson and Jet Johnson are gone. But they're not. They're back. But we don't get any credit for that. Is it irritating to you too, or is it just me? Because if you change the helmet stickers around, let's just say, let's say it was Arkansas. Let's say it was Auburn. It's like, hey, they're going to have 21 of 22 starters that are returning players. They got 19 of 22 guys that are seniors. Well, I submit to you, if it was Auburn, with a quarterback as prolific as Will Rogers, they'd be saying, hey, they're going to challenge Alabama for the West. I don't think we are. I'm just kind of pointing out the inherent bias that some people have. I don't think people have done their research about this team. And you know what? I may look completely foolish at the end of this deal. And if I do, it'll be the first time, uh, I guess, since 2020 uh, that I have. And that year, I thought we'd be a better team. Of course, we had the COVID protocols and the testing protocols, and you had all these opt-outs and things like that you had to deal with. It's difficult to kind of predict every bit of that. A&M, of course, took full advantage of that. Good for them. But I go back to 2021. Told you guys we'd be a bowl team. A lot of people said we wouldn't be. We were. 2022, told you guys we'd win eight games. We did. Didn't win the bowl game. We have to beat our contemporaries. Our season will be defined by how we do against Arkansas, A&M, Auburn, and Ole Miss. 
You go three and zero, four and zero. Excuse me, go four and zero or three and one against those teams. It's been an outstanding year. You go two and two. It's probably just been a, a decent year. Yeah. The good thing is you get Alabama and LSU here for whatever that matters, right? But I would venture to say that there are a few teams in the Southeastern Conference that have as many question marks as Mississippi State. I mean, think about it. You look around the league and how many teams are replacing a quarterback. It's always interesting to me. And so, you know, if we don't have a good year this year, it's nobody's fault but our own. We have a favorable schedule. And it's so interesting when people say, oh, it's a more challenging schedule. How is it a more challenging schedule when you have eight home games and four winnable road games? How is that a more challenging schedule? This is probably the most favorable schedule that we have had in a decade or more, I'd venture to say, maybe back to the late 90s. It's a very good schedule for us. So you have a very experienced team with a new-look offense and a lot of carryover from three years defensively. And ordinarily you'd say, well, you know, I don't know if they have the horses to run this offense. I think they do because I think we have some players that were underutilized in the air raid. And that's not to be critical of anybody, but I think we all agree as many touches as Woody Marks has, we didn't run the football enough. That's what everybody said. we got to run, we got to run, got to run. We're going to run. Tulu Griffin, of course, he kind of wasted as an outside receiver. Now he has the full expanses of the middle field to work. And he's got a position coach, Chad Bumpus, who played that same position in this same league for this same program. It's a big benefit to Tula Griffin to have Chad Bumpus as his coach. And so you've got some guys that are kind of proven commodities in this league that are going to get a chance to play to their full potential because their positional responsibilities not kind of favor their skill set. It's a big difference. And, again, it's one of those things, too, when you run through and you start figuring all this stuff up and you start picking games like we did last night. You can go read our jeanspage.com staff predictions for the system for the season. You start running through that, you start thinking, hey, you know, well, it's one thing to run through week to week for one team. But when you start plugging in the numbers here, and actually after, you know, looking at some things and reading some practice reports and, of course, you know, all hope springs eternal this time of year. I actually think Arkansas might be a, a game better than I thought. And I do have them in a Florida Bowl game because I think we're going to get four teams to go up. I think we'll have two in the playoffs and two in the New Year's Six. And so everybody kind of get elevated. And Mike Nemeth and I talked about it. The Texas Bowl really, really wants us. Uh, I don't think we go there at eight and four. I don't think so. Um, it wasn't an advantageous deal for us last year you know, because of the date of the game. Middle of the week, you know. I don't know if you guys are going to take off work after the holidays to make that trip, even though it's going to be in a great venue. I don't know. Uh, I think we're probably slotted for the Gator. That doesn't mean we go there. I think, you know, I think we'll be a game better than Arkansas, but I think they get a better bowl game than us because we went through ReliQuest last year. They're not going to want us in back-to-back years, and we don't want to go there in back-to-back years, no matter how much fun it was. But it's time for the talking to cease. It's time for the players themselves to kind of take over here. And we'll see what we got Saturday. 
you know, look, you know, looking back at home openers, you know, we've talked about that recently about, you know, what a good job we've done, you know, winning that first game in recent years. But also I think about, too, is, you know, the, the, the trend, you know, if Zach Arnett wins on Saturday, he becomes the seventh consecutive Bulldog coach to win the season opener in his inaugural season. It's an interesting streak. And, of course, the odds certainly favor that. You know, we're not playing Oklahoma State or an SEC opponent week one. Playing an FCS team. You ought to be able to win handily. But the reality of it is it's football. You know, I know many of you are showing up expecting us to win by you know, 50 or 60, and we, and we probably should. And that's the thing I think about, too. When you've got some guys that uh, like Jeffrey Pittman or Trevon Lee – that are down the depth chart, they're going to get a chance to get that ball game in the second half. They're trying to win a job. They're not just going to go through the motions. They're going to run the offense. you got a freshman running with the second-team offense, you know, Seth Davis. And, of course, we've broken it down before. All these guys are much different players. They have a different skill set. You don't think Albert Reese is going to get out there and try to blow somebody up to catch the attention of Coach Schmidt? Of course of course he is. So there's not going to be a big drop-off this weekend when we go to the second, third-team guys. You know, is there a chance that Chris Parson plays this weekend? Maybe late. You know, maybe. I think Mike Wright plays a good bit. And you need to get those guys some game reps. You know, I'd like the redshirt Parson this year, and, of course, with the luxury of Mike Wright, you should be able to do that and give Chris a full year, you know, on that, on that ACL, Right. Got banged up last year during the season. Wasn't able to complete the year. I'd like to be able to see him, but I don't want to burn a redshirt year to do it, right? You still have the four games that you can you can play and preserve the redshirt year, which is one of the better rules that the NCAA has put in in recent years. But I think you're going to see in that fourth quarter, I think you're going to see a lot of players that uh, you're eager to see. And I think it's going to be interesting, too, to see how well we play defensively. I mean, Southeastern has a couple of decent quarterbacks, right? I mean, this is not a situation that they didn't finish in the top 20 in the FCS for nothing, or top 25. Now, they made the FCS playoffs because those guys are used to winning. And Coach Selfo will have a good game plan. But ever, like Mike Tyson says, everybody has a good game plan until you get punched in the mouth, right? And so I'm eager to see, you know, how many sacks we get how vanilla we are on defense, uh, what type of um, pressures do we show. We don't want to put too much on film for Arizona to give them a chance to uh, prepare. But as Zach Arnett has told me each of the last two years, I mean, there are always some opponent-specific pressures you put together week to week based on what you see on your film review of that team. And of course, we'll get a chance to look at Arizona this weekend. They're going to play you know, a team comparable to Southeastern, probably a little bit lesser opponent than even Southeastern. So we're not going to learn a lot about them this weekend. But I think it's one of those deals, too, where, you know, we should be able to just kind of show up and run a base defense and keep those guys out of the end zone more possessions than not. You know, I just, you know, it's, there's a reason these guys are playing FCS football, and that's not to be critical because everybody, you know, every, every level has players. And everybody has a dream. They get a chance to come play in a very raucous SEC environment this weekend. It's a great opportunity. You put some things on tape, you know, say so you go out there and you make some plays against an SEC defense, well, you know, you boost your stock in the eyes of NFL players. 
been some great NFL players that have come from the ranks of the FCS. There are a lot of guys that are just kind of late bloomers. But the reality of it is, is there's a reason they're playing FCS football. There is. And there's, there's not enough of them without some of your help uh, to make this a competitive game. I think the first quarter will be interesting. There'll be some things they'll do, you know. I think there's some things that we'll do to put some things on tape. But Kevin Barbet is a very, very intelligent guy. Runs a lot of the same plays out of different formations. You give defenses different looks to get the matchups you want. There may be some things you put on film this week to set up something for next week. There's always, when you get that cerebral coach, there's always a method to the madness. You know, you may run this play or this, this look out of this look this week just because you want your opponent to see that and say, oh, I've seen this on film. This is what they're going to do. And then you do something different on the backside of that play. You know, all of a sudden you do something to influence a linebacker or a safety to open up a, a passing window for you that maybe you don't exploit this week. But I like Kevin Barbet. And reminder, as we discussed on the show here several weeks ago, Appalachian State in year one under Kevin Barbet got better in every single offensive category. And the one that stands out to me, scoring, third down efficiency. Not to mention the fact, too, that uh, they had a defense at times that struggled to get stops. So it wasn't like they were always playing with a lead. You know, sometimes you got to go do some explosive things. And people forget they went on the road and beat Texas A&M and College Station last year. And I, and I joked with Kevin after a media opportunity here recently. I said, when you got home, did you go back and watch that tape and realize you probably should have won this game by three touchdowns? And he said, yes. He goes, of course, I had to get right into preparation for the next week. He goes, but, yeah, when I finally had a chance to watch that film, I'm like, we should have won this thing going away. That scheme to take a team of players that are not as talented on the road and to look back in hindsight in a game you won and realize you should have won going away, the schematic strategy was there. They just didn't always have the talent to execute it. That guy's wide open. And goodness gracious, if Carson backed that and fumble on a drive later, they put that thing away in the third quarter. There is no drama in the fourth quarter without that turnover, but it's part of the game. But, when I th- again, kind of back to the first part of the show about injury reports, I think there's some guys we'll be careful with. There may be some guys, hey, they'll go out there, maybe it's a game-time decision. Uh, we, relatively, we're in good shape, right, healthy-wise. But, uh, you know, if a guy's not 100%, there's no way. There's no way I run him out there this week and run the risk of getting him beat up and having his thing linger. So Justin Robinson's had a bit of an ankle injury. I know how badly he wants to play. But there's no way I play that guy deep in this ballgame. Not with the depth that I have at receiver and the, the, the hope that I have some separation in this game at the half. And I know these guys want to get out there that they have worked through the spring, summer, and preseason camp to prepare for this season. So they don't want to miss time. At the same time, I'd rather miss some snaps against Southeastern Louisiana than I would Auburn or LSU or South Carolina. The main thing is we got to have these guys for LSU. Got to have these guys for South Carolina. You know, and in many respects for Arizona. I mean, let's respect the opponent there, right? 
And uh, all due respect to Southeastern, but if we have some guys that we need to rest, this is the week to do it, you know. So uh, don't be surprised if you see some guys go out there and play a couple drives and they get pulled. It doesn't mean that anything's wrong. We're just being careful with those guys. And I'm eager to see what we do with the tight end. It's been a while since we've uh, employed the tight end. You know, Dan Mullen used tight end a lot. But we haven't had a true attached tight end maybe since maybe 14, 15. You know, there were times uh, we tried to help Rufus out there on the left side. Um, you know, I know against LSU, you know, they were feasting on us, and all of a sudden uh, we put a tight end out there, and Rufus kind of found himself, and we won the second half of that ball game. Should have won the ball game in 15. But we haven't played with an attached tight end very often. We haven't played with the motions and shifts and things like that. A lot of eye candy that we do to put the linebackers in conflict that will certainly open up some opportunities in the run game and the intermediate passing game. So basically, anything you watched last year of Mississippi State, other than just kind of learning some personnel, kind of who they have, who's explosive, who's not, you can throw all that out. Because the formations and the sets are going to be completely different. Many of the passing concepts are going to be the same, but they're going to be out of different looks. You go back and watch the Appalachian State, and you say, okay, well, kind of foundationally, I know what they want to do, but things change a little bit with better athletes. Another interesting comment, too, that Kevin Barbe made to me is that uh, at Appalachian State, there is an esprit de corps that runs through that entire program about, hey, we are good enough to beat anybody. They love being discounted. They love being that team that says, hey, you know what, these guys don't have a chance. And they love a chance to go measure up against a Power 5 opponent. I mean, you saw it when they beat Michigan. It's one of the greatest wins in the history of college football, right? When Abstead goes up there and blocks a field goal to beat Michigan in a big house. You all remember it. It was huge. And so the, yeah, this same program goes and beats uh, A&M. There's just a culture thing there. And so I think Barbe is a guy that kind of comes in here and all of a sudden kind of back to the first part of the show where, you know, people are doubting us. He can bring some of that with him. He's like, yeah, I remember when everybody doubted us and we went into College Station and beat them with lesser than talent. You know, what's the old adage? Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Do you think A&M was up to play App State last year? Of course they weren't. Of course they weren't. But App State wanted the Aggies a whole lot more than the Aggies wanted them. And that's coaching. And so when you think about the Zach Arnett experience, I mean, I think people forget too. I mean, honestly, I mean, let's, let's take a look at some numbers last year. You know, we, people forget how, how great, let's just call it for what it is, how great the Ole Miss offense was last year. Do you remember that? And a lot of it's got to do with Quinchon Judkins. I mean, he is the straw that stirs the drink. I mean, let's call it for what it is. As much as we don't like those guys, you have to respect the fact that Lane Kiffin's been very good offensively uh, since they've been up there. But Zach Arnett and Matt Brock and crew last year, you know, when you start working through the numbers here, you get to looking at you know, some of the things that we did against some of these teams that um, – Maybe surprise some people. Yeah, you know, I go back and look. Uh, so here's a good example. Um, Alabama last year, 
Do you remember what they ran for? Yeah, they won the game in the game 30 to 6, right? But our defense played their butts off in that ball game. Do you know what Alabama, what they did on the ground against Mississippi State last year? Do you remember? 29 yards on 27 carries. That's it. That's it. Offensively, Mississippi State actually outgained Alabama last year, 293 to 290. You held Alabama to 290. And I ran the numbers on this last year, but how many teams were beneath their average against Mississippi State? Let's go back and look at this uh, Ole Miss game a little bit. Too. Listen, Judkins is a freak, right? Let, we just call it for what it is. He is. The kid's really, really good. And give Lane Kiffin and him a lot of credit for finding him and kind of hiding him under a bushel. And they get him up there, and he's one of the better backs in the SEC. Do you remember what Ole Miss ran for last year? State actually outrushed Alabama and Ole Miss last year. Maybe you knew this. Ole Miss ran for 78 yards on 39 carries. Did you know that Mississippi State actually outgained Ole Miss last year, and most of their offense came on that final drive after the Will Rogers fumble? Did you know that? Yeah, they script some things out and go down that first drive, and all of a sudden it becomes uh, basically a punt fest for a while. And then they put that big, uh, what, 98-yard drive together on the final uh, drive of the game. Offensively, this game wasn't close until then. The Illinois game, you remember that? The Reliquest Bowl? Sure you do. Uh, they ran for 22 yards on 28 carries. State outrushed them 116 to 22. State outgained them 390 to 275. Those are some impressive numbers. And I go back and look at these things too. I mean, it's like, listen, we had some problems at times on offense last year, especially in bigger games, right? I mean, that's the thing, you know, one of the things that I think that really hurts you is um, when your defense just sits and plays their butts off for three and a half quarters and the offense just couldn't find a way. But you go back and you look at these uh, offensive comparison numbers, like State last year against Memphis, 547 yards of offense, Memphis 294. Against Arizona State, 426 yards of offense, defense 316. LSU, and they ran all over us, give them credit, late in that ball game especially. You know, State controlled the game up until that muff, but State 289 yards of offense, and that's why we lost. 417 yards uh, for LSU, and much of that, you know, Jaden Daniels killed us. Give the kid credit. Bowling Green, State 465, BG 250. Texas A&M, State 473, A&M 388. Arkansas State 568 yards of offense against that shredded cheese defense. Arkansas, 483 yards of offense. You know, we had a couple of big turnovers and a big fourth down stand, four in, in the goal line stand that made a difference. Uh, ball game obviously got away from scoring-wise, 40-17. Kentucky, this is where, again, running killed us. Not having Jaden Crumity killed us. But 225 yards of offense, Kentucky 478. They ran for 239, and we had real, a lot of trouble on third down, third down passing. We've already talked about Alabama. Auburn State, 370. Auburn, 331. Georgia, 308 for State, 468 for Georgia. 
And remember, State had the big punt return for a touchdown just before the half that made it even more competitive. Uh, East Tennessee, no surprise here, 418 yards against 154. So you start running the numbers here. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games. Ten of 13 games where the defense held our opponents to less than our own offensive output. And how much better would that have been if we'd have been able to sustain some drives against Kentucky and Alabama and Georgia? So now all of a sudden you start looking at this offense and you begin to think, okay, is this the answer? Well, we certainly hope so. We don't know so. We're optimistic about it. And, again, I've had some people that have told me, you know, some people that are usually kind of on the fence and noncommittal said, you know what, Steve, I kind of like what I'm seeing from this offense. I mean, you know what you got defensively. And with all the veterans we have, you know, especially if we can shore up the safety spots, and, you know, we've got plenty of guys we can move around back there. We don't have a lot of experience, and, and that is a concern going in. Has been all year long. You don't lose three starting safeties and just get better. It doesn't work that way. But hopefully we can figure it out. And the best way to uh, shore up a leaky secondary is to have a dominant pass rush, and, and we should. And even if you don't get there, but just being able to affect the passer, get him off the spot, make him limit his reads because he has to scramble, you know, rolling to his right, rolling to his left, right? So uh, I'm optimistic about the season. And I think you should be too. And again, I don't think we gain anything by doubting our own team. And that's not to say we can't be a realist. But the thing that I've learned, and I shared this on Gene's page a while back, I've never met a pessimist that didn't fashion themselves as a realist. Well, I'm just seeing things as reality. No, I mean, you're really not. It's what you tell yourself. You tell yourself to kind of excuse your negativity. But again, you know, football's supposed to be fun. College athletics is supposed to be fun think you're in store for a big season a fun season do I have some concerns about a couple things absolutely I do but you know we're only acutely aware of that because this is a team that we follow you know you go look at other message boards and listen to what other fans concerns are they got concerns about their teams too I've read a lot of teams this year that are very concerned about their offensive line and they should be it's where it all starts but it's time for us to tee it up and go get after it. You know, and again, we're not going to learn a lot about our teams this year. I think it'll be educational. I think it'll be fun. We're not going to know how good we are after Saturday. But the season will have started. If you hadn't done so, go to uh, whenthebottomfalls.com. Whenthebottomfalls.com. You can get uh, my newest book. You can get pre-ordered. And uh, we're still a few weeks away from release. Once we get an official release date, I would venture to say it's late September, early October. Uh, we'll get that to you. There, you know, everything's been, you know, kind of rolling along here. And uh, it feels like forever since I finished the book. But you can get When the Bottom Falls, which is a book about uh, personal recovery. If you're a person in recovery, I ask that you to buy the book. If you know somebody in recovery, perhaps want to learn a little more about my life or about recovery. Maybe you've got somebody in your life that is suffering with addiction or has dealt with it in the past. I think this book promotes some understanding about that. And maybe you just like me. You know, maybe you like a good love story because it's a big part of that, too. You know, so and uh, you can get that in all my sports books at whenthebottomfalls.com. Uh, if you're looking for Stark Villains gear, you can find it at starkvillains.com. And if you're not a member of Gene's page, what are you doing? 
You come up there and join uh, the big team. It's time now, right? It's time. You've put it off long enough. You're excited about the season. Nobody's going to give you better coverage than we are. You can test us on that. Nobody's going to have more game day coverage, more game week coverage than we are, period. And, again, you can test me on that. You feel free. You feel free. I submit to you most weeks we'll write more stories than everybody else combined because we've got an army of people to do that. And we'll continue to have an army of people to do that. You know, that's the thing about being a successful business is, you know, you can – you can put all that money in the bank or you can continue to, to expand your empire and, and hire more people, which we're, we've done that. And so come be a part of that. We'd love to have you to be part of our band of maroon misfits over jeanspage.com. And again, if you're on the fence about coming to the game this weekend, let me encourage you, let's go, okay? Let's go to the game. It's a 3 p.m. kick. If you don't want to spend the night, you probably don't have to. You can drive up, enjoy the game, get home in a decent hour. It's a huge benefit. And listen, I know it's going to be warm. It's not going to be as hot as it has been. And uh, the, the weather forecast, will watch that kind of as the week goes along. But uh, it looks like Saturday, we're going to have a high of 88. The high today is 87. We'll creep back into the 90s next week. But, uh, you know, as it stands right now, it's going to be a high in the 80s. Of course, we want you to always hydrate, you know. But uh, it doesn't look like it's going to be, you know, triple-digit temps. So come be a part of everything with us. We need you here. And listen, you're going to want to be able to say, you know what, I was there for the season opener of Zach Arnett's first first season. I was there for that, you know, historically. You want to come back, you know, look, tell your grandkids, I was there for the game. I don't think it's going to be a memorable game other than the fact that it's, it's the first game of what I think is going to be a really good year. And we need you here. It's not just, hey, come up here and spend money, right? It's, hey, come up here and support your team. Not only that, too, come plug back in and reunite with your Bulldog family. It's been a long time since we've all been together. And what a great opportunity to come together and celebrate this wonderful university, this great town of Starkville, and this great Mississippi State family. We need you to be here. And, again, maybe you've got season tickets, and you're like, hey, well, I don't want to go. Hey, let's – I tell you what, find a Bulldog. Maybe there's a family in your church or – uh, you work with somebody that's big Bulldog fans, maybe they can't afford season tickets, and get those tickets in the hand of a Bulldog fan and get them in your seats. I don't want to have to you know, make a lot of effort here, but I guarantee you, you probably know somebody around the office or the neighborhood or church and say, you know what, they got kids and they'd love to be able to go to a game. Maybe they can't afford to go regularly. And say, hey, I want you to go sit in my tickets. I can't go this weekend for some reason or another. But listen, I want my family represented. I want my seats to be full. I want cowbells clanging on our behalf. Would you go in my honor? What a wonderful thing that would be. You'd probably, you never know. You, you might be birthing a new season ticket holder, right? It might be the difference, too, for a young person to come to a ball game that's never been before. And so, you know what? This is where I want to go to school someday. Maybe, maybe you are the beginning of a new Bulldog dream for a young person just by gifting those tickets to another Mississippi State family that perhaps uh, can't come very often. I think it's a wonderful thing. I promise you, I've said many times on the show, some of the greatest memories of my life are going to Mississippi State sporting events with my dad and brother. I remember them all. I do. And uh, we didn't always win, but I tell you what, we always had a good time being together. And uh, I am the person I am today, and my love for Mississippi State was cultivated by the fact that I had a dad willing to bring me to games because he knew how much I loved it. 
and I think he loved the fact that I loved it. And if you knew my dad, uh, you know how much he did. All right, here we go. We'll see you on Wednesday, and I uh, look forward to doing that. A lot will happen between now and then. We'll have some more media opportunities. As a matter of fact, once I get the show up, i got to head back to campus, I told you guys. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies, and people can see a difference in the way we live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.